Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, property magicians, welcome to episode 105. How are you guys doing? Oh my gosh, guys, with episode 105. (laughs) <laughs> this podcast was just like an awe. So if you've it just is. joined us, my name is Vangile Makwakwa. I am the host of the of this podcast and I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income and live their best lives. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn under Vangile Makwakwa. Find me under Wealthy Money on Facebook. With me is my incredible co-host. Hello, hello. Hi there, property magicians. I'm Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mom. I am a property mentor for professional and beginner investors. Really, really excited to be here. This is our first podcast recording in 2022. And we are sponsored by the Wealthy Ones Property Stockfell. Our yeah. Stockfell has, yes. And we are celebrating because we've got deal number two. That needs to be closed by the 15th of January. We are the equity providers for the deal. And in the past six weeks, since the deal was launched, we have raised 560000 to this minute. And we are looking for a million, actually, Ben. Yeah, we you know? are. That's almost $40,000 that we've raised, you guys, in the That's last it. six weeks. That's it. That's <laughs> it. It's insane. So we're looking yeah. for a million rand by the first by, by the 15th of January. If that doesn't happen, we're still going in on a flipping yeah. deal. We are the equity providers and this money is going to fetch us 15, us and our members 15% interest. So if you're still interested, please, please go mm-hmm. to wealthy-money.com forward slash Stockfell to come and join us. Or you can DM us on our on our profiles anywhere in Insta or Facebook so that we can provide you with information. But this is very exciting news, guys. Um, This is how you invest passively in property. And when you do not have the massive power of investing in property, Mm -hmm. you can start participating with as little as 2,000 bucks. That's as easy as that. It's as easy as that, guys. I mean, this is exciting. And Misa forgot to say the time span. It's 15% in four months. That's the return of, on investment that we're looking at. We've already had our first deal. That's a longer-term deal. We invested for 12 months. We're also going to get 15% return on investment. It's super, super exciting. So, yeah. And also super exciting is today's guest, Precious. She actually started her investment journey from listening to this podcast. So it's just insane to hear it. And so guys, get this. She went like what in less than a year, within less than a year, she purchased six properties. So she started listening to our podcast in April, like sometime in 2020. 2020. And then she got a lockdown. Yeah, and then she got a coach in October 2020. January 2021, she signed her first OTP. And by December 2021, she had six six properties. So you are in for a treat. She is such a dream. She is awesome. 
You guys are going to love her. So without further ado, let's but, listen. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Mizo. <laughs> but I was also going to say, but what you see as well is her intentionality. She got a mm. cold. She was listening to the podcast. And how mm. I found her, I found her on Mzanzi Property Queens, where there are mm. just a group of women property investors. They ask questions. And she's prominently there. And she is mm. such a student. She will ask for every step, whether she's looking for a contractor, whether she's registering a property, she is constantly asking very directed questions. That's how I noticed her. And that's how I DM'd her to come onto the podcast. She's an incredible guest, guys. You are in for a university of how to begin and get to six properties in less than 12 months. Jeez, this is incredible. Guys, you're in for a treat. Let's go. Hi, Precious. It's so good to have you on the show. Welcome. Good evening, Vangile. Good evening, Dr. Miranda. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. Hi, Precious. Thank you so much for generously saying yes to the podcast and welcome. Mm. Yeah, welcome, Precious. So to start us off, tell us who are you? What do you do? Before I start, uh, can I just say I, I am a little bit nervous because this podcast means a lot to me. Honestly, it has shaped me to be the property investor that I am. And, really? Uh, yes. Listen, uh, like I don't, I can't believe that I'm actually being interviewed because I've been listening to episode for a good two years. So it's a big oh, deal. Wow. <laughs> it's a big Deal, guys. Wow, I love this so, so much. <laughs> this is good. This is uh, so good to hear. Yeah. So um, you said I must give a bit of a background of who I am now? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. um, uh, I grew up in a small town called Hammanskral. It's not far from Pretoria. Oh, really? We know we, we love Hammanskral, actually. <laughs> Oh, okay. You know, it's, 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 yeah, it's a nice town. <laughs> and I have, I had seven siblings and I was the last born. Unfortunately, three passed away. So now we are five. Okay. I was by a single mother. Um, but really? she was a single, she was married. Unfortunately, when my dad passed, um, she had to go to Joburg and find a job. Monday to Friday, she was a maid. On Saturday, she used to work in restaurant. So um, let's just say I know poverty. <laughs> That's <laughs> the, the, the background. But over the years, things got better. She got a job at Alexander Forbes and worked in the kitchen. And then she okay. met her husband. Uh, she remarried again. Um, yeah, things got better up until they decided to retire. We moved from Joburg and ended up in a small town called Broncosprait. It's also not far. Oh, Broncosprait. Yeah. It's also not far from uh, Pretoria. And that's where I did my matric. Uh, I finished my high school. Now, in terms of university, my journey was quite interesting. Come matric, I decided that I want to be an interior designer. I always loved everything. Okay. Decorating properties. You know, I would spare my money that I needed to save and that I that I had to use and just buy magazines and you know I'll just go oh, through wow. and look at all these beautiful furnishings. So in metric I went to my parents and I was like uh 
I want to be an interior designer. I've decided uh, I'm good. And there is, they said, no. What, what, is, interior? what is interior design? But sevens are labo bad. It's not happening. Uh, you must look for another profession. I was so down. I didn't bother um, applying. You know, when you're in metric, you need to start mm. applying from the second term, third term. So I absolutely did until December. And January, my brother was like, listen, I'm going to drag you. We're going to go in a number of universities and ask which courses are still available. And you're going to study. There's no such thing as a gap year in the family. I remember we went to VEDS and he was like, which course are available? And they were like, hospitality. And then he asked, what is hospitality? They explained, <laughs> I said, no, we are living. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up in Val. Yes, like taxi after text, we ended up in Val. Yeah. We UT, there were three courses that had space, and that was internal auditing, financial management, and tourism. And mm. okay, you, you, you need to pick one of these, you know. I was mm. like, okay, internal auditing was the first one. Four years later, I had a degree in internal auditing. Okay. Wow. Enough. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to join a very great, great company where I did okay. my articles. I joined it in 2008 and I've been okay. employed there to date. So, All right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you still work as an inter- in, 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 um, internal auditor? Uh, the company is actually external auditing. So I'm an external auditor, even oh, though you are in-, in internal auditing. Yeah. I see. I yeah. see. Awesome. So, 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 so precious, the reason you are here is about property and um, just to everyone, I met precious at Zanzi Property Queens and just love your questions all the time. You are a prober of note. So please tell our listeners, when and why did you buy your first property? Were you even thinking real estate investment or you just was buying a roof over your head? Like I mentioned, I wanted to do interior design, you know, and uh, I was still not happy with the current job. Um, You know, when you come from a poor background, your parents would advocate that you need to be educated and that's where you get your freedom. And it it was not the case. So my first promotion, I bought my first house. Um, Happy days. I thought, okay, good. Second promotion, I bought myself a, a car. And I was still not happy. Uh, I felt like, when am I getting the money so I can do this and do that? So I started yeah. saving and traveling. But when I had my daughter, I had to make serious changes. Because yeah. I kept on thinking, oh my goodness, this little human being will grow up. And I need to be able to support whatever path that she wants to mm-hmm. in the future, you know? So I put a number of goals to say, okay, I will start investing in the stock market. I will focus on interior designing. I love flowers um, yeah. to see what I can do because I believe I'm talented when it comes to anything that has to do with design. And okay. the, fifth, the fifth goal was investing in property. It's number five because it is a venture that intimidated me. Okay. I was of the view that you needed capital. like okay. Lots of it. Mm. Mm investor, like into you know. Mm. <laughs> so I like that. 
On goal number one, uh, I tried to teach myself how to trade and invest in stock and I failed this money. Luckily, I was introduced to a coach and this coach taught us the different types of shares. And okay. particular subject, it was REITs, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. REITs, yes. Mm. R-E-I-T-S, yes. Yes. So that's where you buy shares in real estate companies. And yes. I've been engaging him quite a lot in terms of how do you start a real estate agent? Because I knew he was also a property investor. And okay. Me, okay. So once you achieve this goal, start physically investing in property. And I told him, oh, no, I'm, I'm not ready. I need money. And he was like, here's a, a book, Bigger Pockets. I read it and then come back to me. No. Yeah. That book, uh, I, I learned a lot. And when is this uh, precious 20, which, which 20? All of this is happening in April 2020. Uh, You're 20, kidding me. What? April 2020. <laughs> what? Which bigger um, pocket book is this? Because they produced it quite a lot. They've got a multifamily one. They've got a rent to buy. They've got a birth strategy. You know what? I know it has a, a, a blue cover. A blue cover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, bigger pockets has a thing, right? Bigger pockets yeah. is um their logos blue, their brand oh, yeah, colors yeah. are blue. So. Okay, no, no, it's it's rental property by rental property. Okay, by who? Brendan Tenner. Yeah. Oh, it's brand rental properties. I know that one. Yeah, I know okay. that one. Yeah, it's a I've got it. I've got one of Brandon's books on my Kindle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, me too. I've got I've got three. So okay, so that's how you bought your first property, and then you get to read this book, and it changed uh, everything. Well, I, I didn't buy it yet uh, because the content was more relating to the rules and regulations in America and not in South Africa. Of course. I, I was not ready to start. Uh, purchasing my first property but I was motivated I realized that it is possible because you use other people's money so I started searching for other books uh, that are written by authors in South Africa and let's just say at that time I couldn't really find the book mm-hmm. then I remembered who Vangile once posted on Facebook because I used to follow her she posted on Facebook a podcast on property magician I was like okay let me start listening to this podcast okay oh, boy was I hooked um, I got a notebook my you got notebook, a notebook <laughs> I book I call it financial literacy notebook it is a notebook that I, I'm planning to hand down to my daughter when she's a teenager awesome. everything that I'm learning in property investment in the stock market you are handing it down to your child yeah. <laughs> oh, oh <No>. my god. <laughs> so with That's the podcast, funny. my notebook was finishing, eh? Because I was uh putting a lot of information and I, I was starting to get worried to say, okay, when are you going to implement? Um I remember in the book that I read uh of bigger pockets, they mentioned analysis paralysis. Paralysis. Yeah, yeah, paralysis. I think I got to that stage where I was overwhelmed. I had so much knowledge and yet I did not have the guts to actually start. To actually, 
Yeah. Until I heard you interview Uslin Dile. Um, yeah. Uh, Saki Sizwe, Stockfell. Wow, a go getter. <laughs> she <laughs> is. She is. That woman, listen, she's, she's going for the money. <laughs> so I started stalking her in all social medias until I slid in her DM and I said, listen, I'm looking for a coach. Do you coach? And she said, yes. And we booked five sessions. And that's when I started implementing. So mm-hmm. by December 2020, <coughs> I'm sorry, I started working with her in October. Yeah. In 2020, I had a company. Um, I learned quite a lot. And mm. come January, I put my first OTP, January 2021. Mm. Now, my goal was by March 2021, I should at least have started investing in three properties. Not just right. My birthday is in March. So I thought, uh, let me put this as a goal, as a gift, you know. To yes, start. for yourself. Right. Yeah. Come December, I'm on number six. And... Uh, <laughs> to add and add and add. <laughs> this is insane guys this is so so insane but here's my thing with the pressures how do you even move from one to six someone sitting there will be thinking was she not scared because that's the first thing that I hear people say about property investing. Were you not nervous? Were you not fearful? And if you were, how did you even overcome from one house to six? Uh, let me just say, having a coach really assisted me. You know, um, Slee mentioned all the mistakes that she did, you know, yes. all the risks that she took. So I I learned so much and uh, I became confident to say, you know, I can do this, you know, and Mm -hmm. I told them my goals, like my future goals and for me to achieve my future goals, I really needed to take this investment serious. So I started working, um, started going to viewing, identifying location, putting the structure together, being comfortable in terms of, um, where will I start? Am I starting on multi-led in BNB? Where am I starting? Where, yeah. yeah. I put everything and I was comfortable and come January, I put my first OTP. So my first... By start- January 2020. So I'm just getting... 2021. 2021. Yeah. So you started, when did you start with your coach? October. October 2020. Okay, October 2020. Mm-hmm. And then you uh, had, and then you put your first OTP in January 2021. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through what that felt like for you emotionally? Yes. The, I was uh, the gonna previous, ask that. The New Year's Eve <laughs> episode that we did, which is the episode before this um, one. We talked a lot about the anxiety Mm -hmm. and fears and dramas of the OTP. So tell us, what was that like for you? OTP, by the way, guys, is an offer to purchase. And gosh, it is a drama on its own. It's a life of its own. So how did that happen? How did you even shop and find that property precious? Uh, Well, the OTP was not that difficult for me because my coach took me through my first OTP. We literally went through all the terms and the clauses and what I can even add in the OTP. So to Absolutely. be honest, after working with the coach, I was really confident. Um, yeah. 
I'm going to do this. Now, the location I wanted to start in is Sunnyside. I okay. wanted to ask, why Sunnyside? Why, why aren't you studying in the Starbucks, you know? But I realized that in the Starbucks, um, fine, the properties appreciate, but at the end of the day, I might have to add from my own salary. And at yeah. this stage, uh, starting as an investor, I don't want to be adding money from my salary. I need a cash-flowing uh, property. property. Yeah. Mm. So now with flats in Sunnyside, um, you get spacious flats, like your 72 square meters and above. So the plan was obviously to partition and add the rooms. And yeah. when I did the calculations, it was enough to actually have a cash flow. So, so yeah. Um, my first cash flow, you won't believe how much it is. Tell us. Uh, <laughs> all I can tell you is that when I told uh, a friend of mine, she was like, wow, so much work for so much little money. <laughs> <laughs> but to you, it was cash flow, right? A thousand two hundred rand. Yeah. Why? Sunnyside flats are quite uh, pricey. Eh? It's your 450 or 480. But yeah. wow. my calculations included vacancy. So I saved 5% of vacancy. Yeah. And I 5% of maintenance. Maintenance. And the calculations that I did um, was just not focused on one year, you know, to say yeah. what I'm going to cash flow in this year. So it expands to six years, and I take into consideration the escalation in in in, in the rent, rent and the return on investment. So I was like, as long as I'm cash flowing, I'm good to go. So, so you were cash flowing positive at one thousand two hundred a month. Yes, yes. that is uh, good. It That's is really good. good. Well, <laughs> yes. for us for us investors, it's good. But her friend who who didn't know as much. Thought yeah. it was little. That is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, and one thousand two hundred times twelve, guys. Go do the math, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's over twelve thousand. Who has? Who would give you twelve twelve thousand? Say here's twelve thousand. You know. For December. Mm-hmm. For December, you don't have anyone giving you twelve thousand. Of course. But I got motivated. I was like, okay. I need to do serious number crunching and yes. look for a unit where I can increase the cash flow. Mm. Yeah. Having a flat in Pretoria Central, a big flat. Okay. And I was able to convert a one and a half flat to a four bedroom flat. No way. What? Almost How did you do that? So, this was your second property? It was yes. When I, no went view, way. <laughs> when I went to view it, I asked question, you know, I engaged with the security guards, I, I talked to everyone, and then the security guard said to me, you know, there's an investor who has about eight units in this flat, and I was like, give me the numbers. I started engaging with this investor, and he even took me through one of his units and showed me how he actually partitioned. He was so willing to give me information. He even uh, shared the contractor that he used, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Look at that. The the OTP, uh, I was confident that I was going to cash flow a good 4,200 rand. And this is after, (laughs) obviously, all the expenses and saving for vacancy and maintenance. 
So yeah, second property felt good. 4,200 rand in the bag. What? <laughs> and how much did it cost you? I mean, the profit is just 4,000 rand. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. The property, they advertise at about 340,000. Uh, Imagine, below. guys. Yeah. <laughs> what? I went below and I ended up buying it for 310,000. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. And, you, and I can imagine, tell, tell us that negotiation. Did, did the coach have to do it for you or were you doing it yourself? How, how, how did that even go? Because that's the biggest hurdle of shopping. Mm, you won't believe, uh, to be honest, I was fortunate to know this investor who had agents in the building. Oh. He said to me, um, he can assist me in OTPs. So you know what we do, right? If you are a seller and you are uh, selling your house for 500000 now, right. Mm. I would put in an OTP at about very low 400,000. Yeah. And then the second person will come in at even lower, you know, to confuse the seller. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, between me and him, we knew who will end up owning that unit, but we both put in the OTP. <laughs> <laughs> So he came so in at, <laughs> so he came in very low at 280. Remember, it was advertised for 340. Yeah. And OTP for 380. Uh, well, it was not rejected immediately. The next day I put in 300. Okay, they refused. I was like, oh, well, uh, okay, I can go above 310. And they accepted 310. So from 340, to 310. So of the trade. That's how I still operate with the, the other investor. Sure. Sure. Oh, so, wow. so, and what you are talking about is exactly what happens at auctions, right? Okay. That's it's almost a, mm, that's what happens at auctions because there will be three people who are bidding for the same building, but they are from the same clan. They know the price they are wanting to wow. buy it at. And mm. that's marketplace. That's marketplace. I mean, fruits and vegetables are sold like that at the market. You come in one day, tomatoes mm. are 60 rands per box, and mm. somebody comes in and dumps their tomatoes at 45 rands a box. Mm. Then the market on that day has to buy all the tomatoes at 45 rands because your 60 rands otherwise is going to be rotten and stay there. Yeah. But what people do not realize is that this is not fruit and veg. It's not going to rot. You can just <laughs> hold on to your property. <laughs> yeah. so but except if you're desperate as uh, That's my seller, right? So yeah. the thing with sellers, if you are not desperate to sell and you don't need the money, then the power is in your hands. Yeah. But yeah. the more desperate you are, the less you have, the less power you have. Power you have. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. It's You've given amazing. us this emotional sense. It's such a great, great nugget there, um, precious. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm uh, just loving this. Can I just say though, uh Priscilla Central, um, there's a lot of investors that are moving away from that strategy. Uh obviously they are more experienced. So uh, they are eager to just get rid of the, the properties. When I negotiate mm. OTP, it's actually quite easy. Um, 
a lot of white people, if I may say so, they're really moving away from Pretoria Central and Sunnyside. Some are in cooperation and they just want to break from that cooperation and go separate ways. I got two properties from such a situation and it really worked for me because I put it quite low. It's the two properties in Sunnyside. Mm. Two ladies, oh. yeah, two ladies owned a, a corporation. Um, fine when they sold when they were selling the first property. I was not aware that it was a corporation whereby they are they are done. They are going their separate ways. And then I asked the real estate agent to say why are they selling, and she explained to me. So that's how I even went low on my um, offer and it was accepted. There was no back and forth, to be honest, on the first property mm-hmm. that I got in, in Sunnyside. They listed it for 418. I went in for four, yeah, I think it was 450. And oh, my coach said the 450 was quite a lot. I should have just gone for 400,000. Mm-hmm. But in any case, they accepted it. And then, like I mentioned, the second property was in Pretoria Central. Mm-hmm. And when I was busy looking for the third property, the real estate agent called me and said, uh, remember the, the, the people that sold the first property? They want to negotiate and see if you can also take the third property. And yeah, I, I was willing because it was definitely cash flowing. So I also went under and I ended up buying it uh, for 440000 Wow. And... Wow. Uh, and uh, I noticed there was um, there is a website I can't remember it where you can look at the value of uh, the property uh, in that particular location. Lightstone. Yes, lightstone. <laughs> on the lightstone, yeah. on the lightstone, and you can see why why you are paying those prices. And if you go low, if you can find it lower than the average numbers that are being sold them. Absolutely mm. incredible, Precious. Mm. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Amazing. So, oh, mm-hmm. Precious, I have um, another question from that. So why choose Sunnyside? Was there a particular reason with Sunnyside? And why are, why are people, why white people leaving Sunnyside? I'm sure everyone's having that same question as to what, what is happening in Sunnyside? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Why are people living in Sunnyside, particular white investors? Um, if you look at how they structure their units, they, they don't partition, you know? So to be honest, the flats end up with a lot of tenants and it becomes oh. that that is quite busy. And mm-hmm. I, I think maybe that's the reason why they, they just want to let it go. Um, but I wanted to start with Sunnyside, like I mentioned, I did not want to start with a, an expensive property. Uh, sure. I was learning, so I was more comfortable with buying in a location where I can get it at a, a very low uh, purchase price. Sure. So that's how I ended up in Sunnyside. Uh, I see. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's so awesome. just. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just having a thought process. No, so but I'm continue. Very, Mm-hmm. I'm very fascinated, Precious. So because this partitioning, are you saying that in one unit, you're not dealing with one tenant? You, you could be dealing with uh, maybe four tenants, for example, in the second unit that you partitioned. No, you're spot on. I can give you the, the, the exact, on property number two, the one yeah. that 
is going for 4,000. Like I yeah. mentioned, I converted it from one and a half bedroom to four bedrooms. Yeah. Yes. So three bedrooms, I am charging each tenant 1,800 rand. Yes. And the main bedroom, I'm charging 3,000 rand. So yeah. Whoa, for a bedroom. It is huge. It's the main bedroom. <laughs> and yeah. That particular bedroom is always having a tenant um, for the past, ever since I started, the tenant has not moved. Absolutely. So I've been managing four tenants in one unit. Whoa. Awesome. Yeah. Now, you've told us about the journey of, and it is as easy as that when, you, when you've got your property set up nicely and whatever, but someone would be wondering, but there's a, I'm sure there's a financial investment there. How do you, every second month, because it almost feels like every three months you, are, you have signed in an offer to purchase, yeah. what, what has been your financial process and, uh, and uh, pressures? Is it bank? Is it your, your own capital? Because that's what holds up most people. They'll tell you about finances. That's why they never begin on their mm. financial journey. I love this question, Mizor. Thank you for yeah. asking. <laughs> um, well, growing up in poverty, guys, my relationship with money was never good. I didn't even mm. know that one needed to have a relationship with money. So <laughs> as I started training, I started saving very early. I opened a 32-day, you know, those deposit bank accounts. Yeah. Mm. I put a certain percentage in there. And if I open my app and I see the money, uh, I was okay because not having money, I'd get anxious, you know. Mm. Um, so I was always good with my finances in terms of saving. Mm. Okay. At the time I started working with a coach, I had enough money to pay the 10% that the banks request because I had the only uh, approved 90%. I had mm. enough money. For the lawyers, you know, the transferring mm. on the tenant. So, yeah, for the two properties, my savings covered for that. Mm. And then property number three, I had to refinance uh, my home. And mm. what I, I got, I was able to also cover the 10% from the bank and also the lawyer's fees. Mm. On my fourth property, um, Luckily, I knew that I was going to get a bonus and I worked quite a number of overtime. And that's where okay. I put the money on the fourth property. For the fourth property. Yeah. And then same with property number five. Uh, I work crazy overtime hours, um, but I know it's going to pay off at the end of the day. So that is what I'm contributing. 90% is coming from the bank. The 10% and the lawyer's fees, it's literally coming from my own pocket. Uh, I don't have a credit card. Um, mm. I'm not borrowing those funds. It's literally coming from my savings and my salary. That's, um, and that's it. And that's it. Because when, when you tell people about that, and mm. for instance, what you are talking about, Precious, you are talking about financing using the bank's money, which is, you know, the national money. It's our, it's our money, the depositors who put money into the, into the bank. And um, it is just another way 
of fidelity, right? And another person who's listening, who is able to access bank money, they've got a good credit score and they have a pay slip because that's the psychology of banks. That's, mm. that's, that's one strategy of, of financing and it can be such a great way of, 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 of expanding your, your portfolio. This is amazing. That's true. There's sacrifices as well. I, I won't lie. I changed how I lived uh, to cut down expenses. I stopped buying weeks. So you know these expensive weeks. <laughs> I, well, I was using expensive makeup. I stopped makeup. I stopped going out a lot. I started monitoring every single cent. Um, there's mm. this nice app called 24-7 where you mm. can budget on a monthly basis and you, you get to see where you're spending most of your money. And I cut mm. down on those costs so that um, I can be able to pay the, the lawyer's fees, etc. So it, it, it was a sacrifice. And I still do the sacrifices. Uh, recently, what I did is I sold my house and I am now living in a complex. I'm renting. The reason why I sold my house is because when I did the number crunches, honestly, it was not worth having it. Maintenance mm. was costly. It was far from my daughter's school, so I was spending on petrol. And even the rates, you know, this house was in Archerville, but the rates in Archerville are literally a thousand, one point two. And yet, sure. you know, your rates are so expensive in South Africa. Like I, just I can imagine. never wrap my head around that. Hey, just imagine it. Actually, ah, I did the number crunches. I was like, no, uh, I, I'm selling this house. Yes, I understand the benefit is that I can always refinance, but yeah. now I have a portfolio, so I can use the the portfolio that I'm building to refinance and really let go of the house because the maintenance was just way too much the cost when it yeah. came yeah. every month something, I can do you know so I recently let go of my house and I'm renting and I've saved quite uh, quite a massive yeah. amount yeah that's so sacrifices sacrifices you know <laughs> okay is Ben here I felt like we have a, a digital glitch there anyway so it's not. It's simple. It's it's it, it's it may sound simple using other people's money, the bank's money to expand. But here's my question: Now that you are landlord times five times six, <laughs> the landlording with your full time job and with being a mom, do you wanna tell us what interest if if there are interesting stories there? How do you manage? Sure. That's a great question because that was not covered in my coaching session. <laughs> so I literally had to balance. Currently, I am doing everything when it comes to the properties. Four properties are registered and they are tenanted. The other two, they're still in the registration process. So okay. I'm responsible for advertising, entering to contracts, viewing, everything, but I have assistance because I have built relationships. I have a real estate agent. Whenever okay. she gets listing, she's always looking out for me and calls me to say, listen, this is a giveaway. Come and view the property. And like I mentioned, I already had a contractor. 
who assisted with the partitioning and uh, I trusted the contractor he came highly recommended and I saw his work you know so I did not waste any money there that's another support and security guards can I just say for me security guards are the most important people in within my network <laughs> thank you mm, they find you tenants those people hey Oh my goodness. I can't remember last time I was in Sunnyside, but both my units are fully tenanted. Um, <laughs> yes, thank you, they have the keys. They assist me with viewing. Obviously, uh, whenever I get a deposit, I do give them a certain percentage. Um, of course. Uh, just to maintain that relationship. Um, but it's not easy. Uh, I won't lie. Um, mm. um, if you have certain goals and you want money, there's no easy way. Yeah. I dedicate at least three hours uh, in my businesses. Um, before I started, uh, I used to focus a lot in the company because I wanted to be promoted and, and get money. But currently, I'm not interested in even getting a higher position. I'm, I'm, I'm fine in this position because I want to have enough time so that I can focus in growing this business of mine. So I have dedicated three hours a day. Sometimes it's not three hours, it, it can be less, but I, I don't compromise anymore, you know? Uh, mm. Company time is company time. When it's time for me to focus on my businesses, it's time for me to focus on my businesses. So yeah, I do a lot, marketing, number country, viewing. I, I do a lot, it is a lot. But I know the end goal and it's worth it, you know. Mm. Mm. Oh, wow. I like that because you've just told us about your network. Um, who else do you have in your network? We've got your coach, you've got the security guards. You mind getting a bit more specific about who else is in your tribe and how they help you? And also very interested, are you the one managing the tenants? Because I imagine if you're partitioning, I, that's a big thing, right? That comes up yeah. often is like the tenant management. It's yeah. hard enough dealing with one tenant in one unit, but if you're dealing with four tenants for different units, in mm -hmm. every unit you've got more than one unit, or more than one tenant. How are you managing that? Do you have help? Before I answer, have you noticed the bags underneath my eyes? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so in my network, like you mentioned, the security, the contractor, the other entrepreneur that has assisted me quite a lot. I built a relationship with one particular real estate agent. And okay. um, the fifth one is an accountant. A colleague of mine has a consulting services. So he helps me with the financial statements and whatever that the banks that uh, I need to submit in order for my loan to oh. be so yeah, that, that is my network. Um, who is managing these units? Myself. Uh, you won't believe how I'm managing it, but wow. it's working. I have WhatsApp groups. <laughs> Unit 404. All the tenants included in that WhatsApp group. If there's any issues, it's written in the WhatsApp group. But, you know, having a unit that is newly renovated, because when, when we partitioned, we got out everything that is old in terms of the, the bathroom, the kitchen. So all my units, they are in, in a good standard, if I can say so. Oh, so it attracts tenants. Yeah. And I'm also not paying so much when it comes to maintenance. So there's 
currently there's hardly ever issues related sure. to yeah. sure so i manage it in a whatsapp group that's that's where we communicate um yeah whatsapp group totally <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I like it. I've never I've never I've never thought of including in the tribe which your WhatsApp group is your actual is your actual um support. Right. I really like that. I really really like that. So so precious are you saying then for you because you started with the code you instantly knew the type of strategy you were looking at. Mm-hmm. and have you have you diversified to another strategy at all i knew before with the coach honestly with the coach i wanted an accountability partner okay i learned from the podcast in terms of yeah. the structures and um the different investment that existed now right. i got attracted to the mountain dad uh, because i wanted a cash flowing property um since i'm on 6 um property number 7 i call it i'm so excited with property number 7 it's definitely going to be in airbnb in the coast so yeah oh wow yeah. <laughs> yes man uh, yes i got a coach uh, she's highly recommended her name is ngathe komlambo she's yeah. airbnb in the coast So she, what um, does she do? Sorry, what kind of coach is she? Airbnb. Airbnb coach. Oh, yeah. nice. So, you know, the beginner guide. Because why I wanted to work with her, she lives in Gauteng. And she has all of these mm. Airbnbs in Cape Town. And yet she's managing the systems that she has in place. Um, I'm impressed by it uh, because... I cannot afford to be flying from Cape Town to Gauteng. If she is able to succeed, I want to learn from her, you know. Totally. Um, so totally. Uh, so number 7 yep. accepted. Um after Airbnb number 7, before I move away from Airbnb, from the podcast I, I know that there is different strategies trying to rent and what not. Mm. But I want to purchase an apartment because I would then gain the income from the short rental and also from the appreciation value. Uh, I really want a nice apartment. Um, you want a nice apartment. <gasps> an yeah. upmarket one this time. Okay. All righty. This is this is such an incredible thing. Mm. And the next well, they say it's risky, but I I plan on going commercial. Um but I'm not purchasing. I plan on renting. and i want to work in the saloon industry i want to um rent a space and put a number of um the people that work in the saloon when i go and do my hair i always ask how does this work and they'll tell me that we actually rent a mirror and renting a mirror you pay about 3500 rand yes so, i know that you know mm-hmm. and the more i do the calculations the more i i think i can benefit when it comes absolutely. to salaries so after absolutely end, that is the route i want to take after yeah. number 7 yeah. <laughs> guys okay. i te- i want to tell you that on the 
I think 29th or 30th of December, I was doing my nails with my nail technician and she was highly stressed because she is renting a space, her little desk of making nails. She, she rents there, but the, um, the owner of the practice where she is at was going to shut the doors at two o'clock and she had to finish her clients at two o'clock. And you can imagine it's New Year's Eve um, and it's New Year's Eve and um, her business works during the festive holidays. We all want to look nice. And she had to shut her salon at a time when she is not ready. Number one, two, that practice was going to be closed from New Year's Eve at 2 p.m. until the second, (laughs) to the second, like, seriously, Uh, not even the second, fifth. I think it opened today on the 5th of January. And I was on the phone sitting like this calling everyone I know in the area to see if they can't give her space, even if it's in the garage, so that she can set up her desk. It was the most incredible thing. And the owner of the practice was refusing to leave her the key. And she's like, I am so busy. I have no time to steal your stuff. And December is when we are so, when everyone is so busy, especially for nail salons. I was heartbroken, heartbroken. Bro, I sat at the salon for two and a half hours because I was calling everyone. I called, I called some of our guests that have been on this podcast to see if someone can borrow her a small space where she can set up her desk. She's a nail, nail technician, absolutely dedicated girl that I've known for nine years. So you are absolutely on the money there, Precious. They do. The person that maintains my locks, yeah. Rents, rents a desk and basin and, she, and he pays 3000 If I want to go to the hair salon, then he takes appointments for all of us. And then he spends the whole day at the salon in mid-rent and then it's done. And he knows that, okay, we are going to take another three, four weeks before we need maintenance. That's how it goes. Dr. Miranda, do you mind if I ask you a question? Where in, which area are you trying to do your nails? Uh, just want to know. <laughs> it's in Bryanston. And she she absolutely has to do Bryanston because her clients are all there. I know her because I used to work at, at, at a company that is around there and it was around my office. When I finish at 4.30, I can quickly hop in. Five o'clock, six o'clock, she's done. I, go, I come home. Or I begin at her salon at 7 a.m. And she will do nails until 9 p.m. That child, she is the most Whoa. dedicated person. They make a lot of money. And you'd find that a set of it nails is. is about 380, It is. They it make is. money. Yeah. Uh, it's wow. unfortunate. I think my cousin is undercharging for her nails as I'm listening to you guys online. <laughs> yeah, but it depends on area. That's true. On when location. when I do my nails in Soweto, I will only pay them 150 but when you are in Bryanston, it's a different price. Okay. Yeah, it is. And when they do a home visit, it's a it's a whole different yeah. price as well. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, okay. um, when you mentioned that uh, the owner wanted to close, I can only imagine how does she maintain the tenants? You know, if I was in that situation, come January, I'll definitely be looking for another place, you know? So no, she's shooting herself in the foot because you, you can't maintain 
tenants and having money flowing if you're going to have such rules, you know. So yeah. it's, it's unfortunate. Um, but yeah. But I guess it's a situation. It's also a situation of how desperate are people. So mm-hmm. if your tenants don't have options, like I don't imagine Mizo that in Bryanston, it's there's many options to rent at a decent price mm-hmm. as a nail technician. Yeah, that's true. that's true. That's the thing. The spaces are too big for a nail technician. She needs a very very small space. Mm-hmm. But um, I think this person didn't count. I think I think there's a bit of jealousy there. She didn't envisage how busy this girl is. She's been in this nail business for over nine years. I've known her for over nine years. And yeah. I only, I will only wait to get an appointment with her. So yeah. her clientele is, is, that, is, is my type of person. We all look for her. And that's why she stays in the Bryanston area. But, you know, it's taught her well. She, she actually found two places. For two days, she was working at another place. For mm. two other days, she was working at another place. So mm. it, it worked very well. She, it has taught her something about, about renting from people. So is she going to look for her own space now? <laughs> Sorry, we're like going yeah. on about this, but nails are kind of like a thing for, <laughs> for women. So <laughs> if people are listening in, we're kind of like really concerned about this. <laughs> Absolutely, but Precious is going into a commercial business, so I'm 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 agreeing with her that absolutely that business and it requires small space. Precious, maybe that's the other important thing about it. It really requires very little. Uh, I don't know about you, you but I'm. Me. <laughs> 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 I'm <a member. laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, Precious has given us a lot. Precious, do you want to say anything before we move on to the next segment of the show? Mm, Not much, really. But (laughs) if the uh, people that want to venture into this property investment, I just want to say it it, it is possible. Um, There is no need for that much capital. And invest in a coach. Investing in a coach has saved me a lot of money. You know, a mm-hmm. coach that is willing to share as much information as possible. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's it from my side. Oh, wow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much advice. for that. Yeah, man. This is this is so scrumptious. It's tasty. It's like a good meal. Mm. Mm, it really is. So let's move on to the next segment of the show. On to the next segment of our show, magical feedback from our hosts, where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Wow. Okay. So I've got to put on my glasses. (laughs) So we're doing another um, thing. We are sponsored by the Wealthy Ones Property Stockfell. And just a reminder, you guys can, I'm laughing because Mizo has this thing when she has an emotional reaction to something and we're talking before. And so her whole body is reacting to it. And I'm just watching every, the entire reaction. She's always like this when we're talking about the wealthy ones, property stockpile, just going through a moment. So <laughs> this is why I'm laughing, guys. So 
Anyway, we are sponsored by the Wealthy Ones Property Stock File. Property Magicians are sponsored by the Wealthy Ones Property Stock File. And the Stock File is um, a, our aim with the Stock File, at least in the first two years, is to provide equity or be the bank to, uh, to, uh, to investors, mainly developers yeah. and flippers. So we are in the middle of raising uh, money for deal number two. Our aim has been 1 million rand up until for up until January 15th, 2022. January 15th arrives, we are going to put this money into the flippers bank account. So if this, and you'll make the 15% in four months. If this sounds really exciting to you, then definitely get involved in the stock file. You can learn more at wealthy-money.com forward slash stock file, or just go on um, any of the app stores and download the Stockfella app. It's also available on Huawei. I've got a Huawei, so I was able to download it. The latest Huawei that doesn't work with Android in any way. And I was able to download it on Petal Search. So people have been asking about the Huawei. So I've, I've been sharing that that's how I've been doing it. So that's yeah, so we look forward to seeing you guys. But the catch again is that invest with a... Um, you have to have your money in before for this particular deal. We're constantly investing in different deals, but this deal that we're talking about is for January 15th, 2022. 2022. Okay, without further ado, over to you, Mizo. Where do you even begin? I love this. So we always talk about property and how it is made to be difficult because you always need a lot of capital to get into property. I am really fascinated by how um, Precious has used the bank as other people's money. And that's what motivated her. She was motivated by the fact that you can use other people's money to get into property. You don't need a whole bunch of bulk of money of your own. She always has the 10% deposit that the bank requires for her to put down for her investments. So if you still have any excuses, there is something like, okay, what is the 10% of a deal that costs 300,000? Ah, so 30,000, it suddenly becomes reachable if you are not looking at the whole amount. So if that is palatable to you and it is your style of investing, here is a mechanism. Just get to the 10% of putting money down so that the bank can give you the rest of the amount. I like I that. I love that. Love, love it. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, so my other takeaway is, mm. my first takeaway is, how she was, how she just knew that this is how much money I have. And I'm not going to start in an expensive neighborhood. This is the neighborhood that feels right for me. And I'm going to start in that neighborhood. And then just going around how she then went around to understand the neighborhood to say, oh, people are moving out of here because they don't want to deal with multiple tenants in one unit. But, and that's, she figured out that like if she does the units and she allows them to be multi-tenanted, she would actually make more money that way and it would work better for her investment totally. portfolio. So Love that. just understanding the market is the key. That is my first takeaway. Just 
understanding your market and understanding the people and how people in that market operate. Absolutely. That is such an incredible thing to learn. Oh my God, these takeaways are so many. I am confused. <sighs> Which one? So let's, let's take this one about um, mentorship and coaching guys, because this is such an incredible thing. So, um, I would say precious actually self-mentored herself by listening to the podcast. And then mm. she would take notes and read books that other property guests that would come onto our podcast would, 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 would name as the books that changed their, that changed their lives. So she self-mentored even before she got to pay a mentor. And what I really liked is that how did she get a recommendation for a property mentor? listening to the podcast. Yeah. Slee was here. Slindile is on episode six about Sakisizwe stock film. And Slindile happens to be our coach as well, uh, Vangile yes. and I. And when you know somebody who has got a track record and you mm. form, then this podcast has formed a network of people mm. and you can trust the person that you are going to. So, and I think my biggest one that she mentioned was, Slee would laugh and share with her all the mistakes that she has made as a property investor. And that's, that's what makes her the coach that she is. You know, yeah. you need to have bumped up the hardest times. You need to have had the hardest time about something that you can impart to someone to say, don't repeat it. This is not done. Yeah. You can't do this. So there yeah. you are. So mentorship in anything, I have got li a life coach that I've kept for over 15 years. And for me, this is, she knows me. I can, I can pick up the phone and say, Babs, it's heat, it's, it's going down. Just, mm. I need 10 minutes for you to listen. And she gives me a perspective very quickly. I really, really yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very powerful. I love that. Uh, guys, I have a coach for almost everything in my life. I don't even bother myself. Like, I'm just like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> life needs to be lived. And if there are other people that have learned the things that I've learned the hard way, there's no reason why I have to go through hardship to get these lessons. It, and yeah. just look at just the power of coaching, right? Mizo, just how yeah. she went from one property to six properties in like a year, exactly. in under a year. Exactly. Just that's, that's the thing. Like on her yeah. own, she probably would have gone, this would have taken about three, four years to get there, right? Absolutely. But once you have a coach, you go so much quicker and because. you can see how much she's trusting in coaches because now she's like, I want a coach for this. I want a coach for that. So, yeah. Yeah. And, but not only that, did you see that, Within her multi-let strategy, now she's introducing short-term letting. Yes. And what has she done? She signed up with Ngate Komlambo, who is going to be on our podcast, by the way. For sure. <laughs> so, for, sure hey? so for me, it is, oh, the Airbnb strategy requires certain things. How do I get there quickly? How do I do it mm -hmm. from a distance? It's a two-hour flight from Jovek to Cape Town. I'm yeah. not going to be able to do this all the time. How do I get there quick and short? Yes. I am a mentor for Airbnb because 15 strategies require 15 coaches. I mean, exactly. people who do development, I know Zilch. I know enough for me to tell you what goes on in development, but I don't want to coach you in mm. development because 
there are nuances in development that I know nothing yeah. about. This is This amazing. This is why guys. we also got Slindile for the stock. For the stock We're just film. never going to try to do it on our own. So then. Mm-hmm. My second takeaway was the number crunching. You know how she said her first property made 1,200 like profit. <laughs> and she was like, no, let me go back to the drawing board. I'm now going to crunch the numbers yes. and make sense of them. So there were yes. two things that she mentioned when it, excuse me, when it came to number crunching, mm-hmm. right? It was that she then was able to rethink how to, increase a profit and what to do with the with the property so the forced appreciation strategy but then she also went back to her own personal life and said this having this home makes no sense for me it's actually costing me money it's not helping me in any way so maybe what if i sell my home and i focus on building a property in uh, a property portfolio and i actually work on renting and i rent out spaces for myself i think this is so powerful i love this mindset i love her thinking i love and i think that like going back to your uh, to do i need this because and i think the home ownership this comes back to what miso is always hopping on about which is the um, what is it the family home right yeah. and our attachment to it so with yeah. home ownership i think what we can talk what um what she was talking about is that if the home is costing you more money is it worth holding on to it when that money can be used for investment purposes so that is what she's been uh, what I she looked at and i think that is so smart because we hold on to property so what i'm saying you hop on about the family home that we hold on to it but sometimes it doesn't make financial sense to hold on to it absolutely right can you see so that sometimes it doesn't make financial sense it really to doesn't. own your home and i'm just thinking of the several property investors that we've uh, interviewed on this show that have talk okay. about how they live how they don't own the home that they live in they paying yeah. rent for the home that they live in because they busy building up their property portfolio their and owning their property portfolio or owning properties that other people are renting and that money is what's paying for their current rent or something along those lines something along which, those lines yeah no this is like <laughs> like i said this is such a university of a podcast episode so my my last takeaway because we have to finish not because it's a last takeaway is um a lesson in shopping for property i don't think we've ever done a a a a, a, a takeaway on this whenever you shop for property you ask why are they selling there is power in that sentence in that question why are they selling people can be selling because there's this is a disease a disease a disease estate they are divorcing mm. there is disinvesting because it's too hard disinvesting because there is a dissociation in a company or the jv has fallen apart and when you know the why the seller is selling i tell you 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 already know the the strategy you must use to negotiate for the price divorce mm. causes desperation 
and when a, a joint venture or a corporation is selling and partners are wanting out, causes another type of desperation. Yeah, and when a person is moving, obviously uh, relocation or something like that. But knowing why the seller is selling is a shopping strategy, guys. That's mm. my takeaway. And when that she asked, so that's how she got two properties at the same time because incidentally, it was the same company that was selling, and the partners hated each other, and they were getting out of the relationship. So she was, she was able to renegotiate because she's taking both properties. She's solving. You are always when you sell, when you buy something, you are solving that person's problem. So mm -hmm. they, you have got the power to negotiate what the price is. It's such a powerful shopping strategy. Mm, I love this. I love yes. this so much, yes. Mizo. Yes. Okay, so um. My final takeaway is mm -hmm. about is what is my oh it's why she why she got into property in this in the first place was she had a career she had this education and she realized that that was not going to lead her to financial freedom mm -hmm. right and so mm -hmm. she had she Thank wrote you. down all these goals of how she's going to get to financial freedom that's how she discovered property so just this keeps coming up again is that like relying on your job and your career only it doesn't this is not how you get to financial freedom right so yeah. there needs to be something else you need to be able to make money without having to go to a job your money should not be dependent on someone else so you need to figure out how do you make money in a way that is passive that is passive i just yeah. love it and when she mentioned property she said you know i had put property as my fifth goal because i was so intimidated by it by it the same intimidated person is the one mm. who has a half a dozen properties yeah. so it just you know i love the 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 the, the, the energy of possibility and yeah. how she makes it so possible because she is just like you and I, you will laugh at mm. us if you had had the background stories. We were talking about eyebrows and shaving us <laughs> <laughs> because, because it, it makes property so ordinary. It yeah. makes investing so ordinary. It makes it accessible to the next mm. person and the next person. So we're really, really grateful for this. We are. Ben, so this has been the most, stunning episode i think and for it to be yeah. the first recording in 2022 is also so oh, so symbolic so symbolic and so soothing so guys without further ado let's move on to the last segment of the show now on to the journey to magical expansion where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest so guys, welcome to the journey to magical expansion. Misa is going to start us off as usual. Misa, over to you. Absolutely. Hey, precious. So tell us, um, you can repeat or you can tell me another book that changed your life, your property investing life. Mm. So like I mentioned, I listened to a lot of your episodes and I know that at the end of the session, whoever that is a, a guest would mention a book and I would write down that book. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and from <laughs> from the list that I had, um, what I enjoyed the most was the richest man in Babylon. I would say mm. that's definitely number one. And then yeah. number two, yeah, the short book, um, "Who Stole My Cheese." Uh, I think it's about twelve pages. Okay, pardon. What book? Who stole my cheese? Who stole my cheese? Oh, yeah. Oh. I forgot his name. By Spencer, a short book, but every time I feel exhausted, defeated, I go back to that book because yeah, it teaches you about perseverance and hard work and never giving up. And then the third book is mm-hmm. the one that I mentioned, Bigger Pockets. Currently, those are the three books that I would say um, really impacted. Um, yeah, you know, I benefited from. Yes, I have um, read Think and Grow Rich. You know, the other mm-hmm. books that I always go back to these three books. This, yeah, mm-hmm. Richest Man in Babylon is so, it's also short, but it's so impactful, hey? And it's such an old book, right? Yeah, mm. it, it was the first book that I, well, when it came to oh, making sense of personal finances, my old mm-hmm. roommate in Boston handed, gifted that to me mm-hmm. as one of the first books to read. And he was like, you're struggling, here you go. <laughs> It was I at the at the time I was like I don't really understand this because my emotions were all over the place. But once I started to get over the panic attacks and anxiety, I was able to go back and really see what he was talking about. It's, it's a great book. I think it's a book that turned me off credit cards and debt and everything because it's very anti-debt. And I think actually when I reflect back, that may have influenced me. (laughs) No, same here. Um, I ended up downloading the app 22.7 because I, I got obsessed with looking at my expenditure, decreasing the expenditure. And when I get a salary, I need to invest it first. So it's a great book. I had to read it twice. Uh, it's, it's a very great book. You learn quite a lot. Yeah. Okay. Ah, that's amazing. So, uh, Precious, what keeps you inspired? Sure. I have three goals that a lot of people that I share with they keep telling me that it's unrealistic. I I even stopped sharing, you know, even this venture, I I don't share it with those close to me because unfortunately I am surrounded by people that uh, are quite negative and Mm. say that is not possible. Mm. Uh, By the age of 45, Precious will have a successful interior design company where I will be designing boutiques at BNB. I will have a successful property invested investment company that will include different strategies. Mm. Lastly, I will be owner of a small coffee shop slash bakery flower shop with flower shop nursery flower where shop. I can sell my flowers. What I mentioned it's the three things that I love: mm. design, property, and flowers. Design. Yeah. 
So, I don't think this is impossible, though. <laughs> like, these are such realistic goals. Yeah. It depends who you, you, you hang around with and who's next to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I We get you. We get you. Precious, is there anything that you wish you had known or done before embarking on your property investment journey? Are there things that you look back on, you're like, dang, I should have known that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm trying to... Yo, Dr. Miranda, that's a difficult question. Obviously, I have mm. learned along the journey. Yeah. And, yo, I'm trying to think of one. But mm-hmm. honest, my journey has not been that difficult. Okay. This podcast, thanks to this podcast. And thanks to you. <laughs> I, I honestly cannot think of something that was a disaster. You know, that okay. think this venture. There are a couple of podcasts I always go to. And yeah. my coach, even though our sessions has ended, she still supports me. When yeah. I, so I, I send her WhatsApp and say, yo, Stendile, uh, I, I couldn't <laughs> go to property, uh, this and this and this. And she responds. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling to get a loan. They're not responding. They're taking their time. And, and she would assist me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that support also the podcast. I honestly yeah. can say something big has happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll try to think about it. But whatever <laughs> challenges, it was easy for me to conquer because of the resources. Yes. That's powerful. I love that, actually, because it all boils down to you had a support system, right? Mm -hmm. Support is such a powerful thing. It changes the game for everyone, really, because it means you don't have to go from pillar to post. That's the difference between having support and not having support. So just having access to your coach has changed the game for you. And imagine listening to 70 episodes. Yeah. You know, on the podcast. 70 episodes. That's a whole university, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it is. A... That I, I go back to. I have my four favorite. So, yeah. Hence, I was saying this podcast is quite important to me. That mm. It has really shaped me as an investor. And uh, uh, it's quite resourceful and I just want to congratulate you ladies again. What you Thank are doing you. is a great job. I promise you, you are changing lives out there. And I can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank that you is so, so much, Precious. Yeah. So good to hear. Mm. Yeah. So, Precious, my next question to you is to ask, uh, what do you still need to learn in property? Uh, with with the Airbnb, ne? there's yeah. this program on Netflix. Okay, uh, it's quite resourceful. It's called Stay Here. Um, uh, this program they assist. Oh, Stay Here. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of it. <laughs> okay. I've I've watched it. You, watch it. <laughs> you have to. Oh, I yeah, Ben. 
when is stay here herself oh. <laughs> she is a stay here herself she's a whole episode on her own <laughs> what is stay here okay now you've got me fascinated i'm i'm uh, actually writing it down yeah. it's worth it you can binge on it the whole day so what happens <laughs> It's about investors who are struggling with their Airbnbs. Airbnbs. Okay. So mm. they come, these two professionals. One is a marketer. And yeah. And the other one is an interior design. Yeah. So okay. They, 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 they really assist um, these um, investors. Mm. You know, such an extent that they even visit the competition and advise wow. the yeah. person to say, you know what, add this so that you are above your competition, you know? Ah, it's a great thing. So oh, I wow. quite a lot when it comes to Airbnb on that show. Mm. But yeah. am I ready? Uh, I, I think I'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> the coach has worked so well for me when it comes to the multi-led strategy. Uh, mm. uh, I'm, I'm not ready to start without... Um, Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, I get you. I get a coach for everything. <laughs> but that's the thing. You cut the distance between you and your success. Yeah. Um, because it cuts out that part. But yeah. stay here is such an incredible episode. I mean, Ven is the is the master of testing of testing Airbnb. <laughs> oh. I think I think. I've been in South Africa since April. Like my brothers be like, since April you've been staying at Airbnbs. I'm like, yep. I've just been doing Airbnb since I've been in South Africa. So yeah. for me, it's because I don't want to, even though I have properties, right? It just didn't make sense. And A, I've got a long-term tenant for my property in the Cape. There's no point because I know I'm leaving. Like I already know now I'm counting down weeks that I'm leaving South Africa. So I know that in a few weeks I'm leaving this country. So the idea of having to deal with furniture, to deal with things always just stresses me because I'm like, what every time I have to move, that would mean I would have to put my furniture in storage all this and I'm just like it's just not worth the drama but now no. I've decided that I actually want that Cape Town is always going to be my base in South Africa because okay. I was always torn between Joburg and Cape Town but the problem is that I've always hated Joburg with a big mm. passion so mm. now I'm like I can buy a property in the Cape and Airbnb it so I'm gonna want yep. to stay here yeah <laughs> so yeah you'll be staying in your own property no that's good I was about to ask, oh, how much are you spending? On this no, thing? I'm not staying in my own property in Cape Town. I've got a full-time tenant, a long-term tenant at my property. Oh, okay. So I haven't even been to see that property. Like I haven't seen that property <laughs> in like four years. Four years, yeah. Like, I, I, all I know is I've got a great property manager. It's renovated and the current tenant since has told everyone how awesome it is and beautiful it looks and how stylishly it's been uh, done up so i assume my property manager did a good job of renovating it that's it that's it so <laughs> so so i i i feel like i i had forgotten what the name is when i when i precious and and it is exactly that that then has got 
has got a sampling nose for 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 Airbnbs, and it doesn't bother mm. her to move within twenty four hours, yeah? yeah, or within hours, yeah. <laughs> I, I have been known to do that. <laughs> like, I'll come to an Airbnb, I'll be like, Miso, the energy here is not it's working. Just off. Wow. I'm cancelling, <laughs> and of course, you can't. It's really hard to cancel Airbnb, but sometimes I've just been like, you know what? I'll just mm. take the hit because. I cannot think and focus in the space because some Airbnbs are crazy. I'm just thinking of an Airbnb in Hui in Vietnam where I did that. The very next day, I was like, I don't even want to risk another Airbnb. I'm checking into a hotel because I was like, I'm here for like a few weeks. This is really stressing my entire nervous system. You did the same in Bangkok. It wasn't clean. (laughs) There was hair hair in the bed. (laughs) I was my mind with that one and Airbnb wouldn't refund me and I was like I'm leaving I remember I can't do this like I was sending pictures guys it's so stressful though like you walk into the place there were balls of hair and the bathroom sink wasn't cleaned yeah it wasn't clean Shem it wasn't clean it wasn't clean. So I, I, I just laugh when people, when, when I look and I've always been finicky about sheep. I mean, what freaks me out is when a sheet is not white. What are you hiding? I can't no, deal. No, no, go. <laughs> you don't go there. Uh-uh. The sheet must be white. <laughs> yeah. Like the current Airbnb where I'm at, you guys can see. You guys can't see because you're not seeing the video. <laughs> the pillows are high. The yeah, everything is white. Like, I'm just <laughs> like, it has to be that way. Because the first thing I do, I don't know if you do this as well, Mizo, when you get to it you're in a hotel is like i strip off the strip bed the bed and then me. i look and i'm like okay we can sleep here i and then, never because my strip, biggest yeah you, know, you remove that you bed i remove everything no. so that i can see what the bedroom situation is like it's my first thing wow. i don't even waste a minute this is how i know and then i go to the bathroom so the before bathroom. I even do anything, this is how I could spot within the first five minutes that me and this Airbnb have issues. Because <laughs> that's the first thing I do. Because honestly, oh. the bedding, have you seen the horror shows that people put on of walking into hotel rooms and then they get under sheets no. that are super dirty? I would never live that down. I couldn't. After you've switched off the lights, then you get into the bed. I mean, hello. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a horror movie. <laughs> it's true. Well, I don't it's do the inspections, but as long as it's white, I'm good to go. Uh, Vangiri, no. you mentioned something quite interesting to say that if the energy, if you're not feeling the energy, mm. you would even move. Can I you- do. Okay. In Vietnam, when I was yeah. in Hui, that was the issue. The energy felt off. And then when I was in Goa, I mm. remember I spent, there was one, I think I may have messaged you, Mizo, when I, before I moved to a forest, where I moved to a gorgeous forest home, um, yeah. just myself, right? But like I then booked out an apartment. I had the space in Goa right on the beach. And mm. I walked in and I couldn't sleep all night. Like it was like my skin was crawling I could sense things. I was like, this place is energetically unclean because that's also important. So I was like Mm -hmm. up all night, chanting, meditating, trying to clean up the energy. 
first thing in the morning was I actually called the Airbnb owner. I was like, can I move in at 8 a.m.? I moved in as they were cleaning the apartment of the Airbnb. The oh, cleaner even- was still doing things. I was like, it's fine. I'll sit outside and wait as you guys finish cleaning, but I cannot. Like, I, I just don't do that. So I was like, I need to leave. <laughs> How would you then rate that Airbnb? I can only imagine... I don't, that I don't rate because some things it's like, mm-hmm. how do you explain that a place is energetically yeah. off? Yeah. And yeah. so, but this is me, right? So my people understand me, like Misa understands me. Okay. <laughs> people that I was calling about That's my me. issues with the energy understood what I was going through. Mm-hmm. But the other thing to point out is to say in Asia, especially in Sri Lanka and India, most Airbnbs do get an energetic cleansing. So people mm-hmm. go through, like, there's a lot of stuff that is burnt as people leave the house. Every, at 5 p.m., there's incense burnt. There's, like, all sorts of things burnt to energetically cleanse the space because a lot of people can sense that. And the mm-hmm. truth is that we do have that kind of sensing in South Africa, too. It's just that we mm-hmm. haven't normalized it. But mm-hmm. then it's, it was easy to say, I don't think you guys have cleansed the space energetically and can wow. I get my money back? And they're like, oh, okay, we'll cancel your booking and just oh, let you goodness. go. Yeah, but you, I couldn't pull that in. So I couldn't do that in South Africa. You know, people would be like, you're leaving what the heck? energetically not right. But I could talk um, to the Airbnb guy and I just ask him, why is my hand in No. Don't talk about that in Beppo. The next thing you are banning it, and then the other races are calling each other. They're like, the black people have arrived. I get it, guys. You. No, it's not up to me, guys. It's up to the person to do a cleansing. Right? Wow. No, but Tresha says, why don't you take your own Mbepo? That's Have you not one, he, heard what Honey said? Mbepo is not for the layman. It's Mbepo. Yeah. People are using Mbepo just for things. But actually, lay people that are not Sangomas, we're not supposed to be doing Mbepo. Yes, I can everything. my own incense. But I'm not going to mess around with Mbepo. Like I've been mm-hmm. told by my own sister who's a Sangoma that Mbepo yeah. is not just for the random things. You don't just... Yeah. So I don't know what I'm doing with mm-hmm. Mbepo, but I do sense when a place is not energetically, energetically clean. clean. All right. So I'm not going to ask the resource question uh, then. Please go on to the last question so that we... Oh, precious. I know that Misa was like, come on the show. But why did <laughs> you come on the show? What's your intention? And I want to be very clear that you can have any intention. I want to collaborate with people. I want to do this. What was the intention of coming on the show and how do people get hold of you? Wow, I, d- I didn't even think about collaborating, <laughs> to be honest. Like she mentioned, uh, any opportunity I get to learn, uh, I take it. So in that Facebook page, I ask a lot. Um, and I guess from my questions, that's where the invite came from. Mm. Uh, the, listen, I, I could not say no. To, to this invite. <laughs> I didn't even think uh, what am I going to gain? It was a matter of me informing mm. people how possible this is taking them through sure. my journey and encouraging sure. someone who has doubts, you know? So know. people are collaborating. How, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> 
happen. Someone, if you want to find out how it works, then put it out there. Say, I would like a collaboration okay. if someone is into it. Oh, oh I'm looking for a hair salon. I'm looking for someone to partner with me in this hair salon venture. That's it. That's collaboration. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I think That's it's going to be a lot of work. So I don't think I'll be able to really manage it on my own. Having a partner would be great. Yes. Mizo, introduce her to Tlati. Tlati is also doing the hair salon thing. Yeah. Oh, um, right. Yeah, we'll introduce do. her to Tlati. So, thank you. Yeah. So, how do people contact you? You still haven't told us. I'm on Facebook, uh, Precious Luhu. My email address is preciousluhu20 at gmail.com. Well, I'm not a coach, but Mm -hmm. to be honest, I am willing to share information with anyone, even on the property. investment group that we have I do get a lot of inboxes and I do respond so if you want to ask me anything I don't charge um, I'm always willing to empower the next person yeah that is beautiful that is beautiful thank you so much Precious this has been such an incredible podcast I knew that this is the type of property investor that we wanted on our show so thank you thank you thank you and thank you for your generosity event this has been awesome thank you for accommodating on a non-podcast interview day <laughs> thank you uh, precious thank you Mizo, and thank you property magicians we just want to send out a quick reminder once more that uh when you guys are listening to this podcast we have until january 15th for the next deal right Mizo? the wealthy one yes. stock file deal so guys go to wealthy money.com yes. forward slash stock file or just go on the stock app if you're based in namibia swaziland lesotho and i'm missing a country Zim? Okay, and South Africa. Okay, Wait, South Africa. And Zim, I think, yeah, Zim is definitely yeah. on there. Go on the Stockfellow app, download it, and then uh, go find a join the Wealthy Ones Property Stockfell. We are currently fundraising for a property deal where we will be getting 15% return on investment within four months for a flip. So if this sounds exciting, exciting to you uh come join us uh we are fundraising for that deal we're putting in the money by the 15th of january 2022 so if you're listening to this podcast definitely join us and thank you so much for listening to the podcast share it with all the people in your networks signing out thank you for listening property magicians my name is Vangile Makwakwa and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group 
or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as Vanille Makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda@wealthy-money.com again Inbox me at miranda@wealthymoney.com at if you want me to help you start your property journey.